Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Lots of tough decisions for the Seahawks this offseason. Bob Condota covers the Seahawks for the Seattle Times, covered one potential decision, why the Seahawks could part ways with Will Disley. I know he's a fan favorite. It's a tough conversation, but that's going to lead off our talk with Bob right now, who joins us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Bob, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, We uh, read your column on Will Disley, and obviously being a former Husky, he's a fan favorite, always a likable interview, likable guy. Why might he be a cap casualty for Seattle? Um, Just because he he does have a significant cap hit that they can get out of a lot of it. So they would... uh, they could save almost $7 million. He has about a $10 million cap hit, but he doesn't have any guaranteed money in his contract anymore. That's always sort of a key thing to, to look at when you look at these contracts. And the Seahawks, um, you know, as we saw last week, they, they a lot of times put dates in contracts when certain guys' contract or salaries for the following year can become guaranteed. Disley's had that in the past, but he did not have that on this year, which is the final year of his deal. So, um, and one thing to always, and I think I noted this in the story, they could cut him and still bring him back, or they could redo his contract. So, you know, there's, this doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, completely, you know, either option A or option B that either, you know, stays at this contract or he's gone. Um, you know, we've seen them a lot of times redo deals. So um, I, I just think that, you know, you all, again, the Seahawks always, uh, in every NFL team does this to an extent, you structure the contract where the last year of the deal has, oftentimes has no guaranteed money and a high cap number. And that's when they can get out of the contract. I mean, we saw him do it with Bobby Wagner a couple of years ago. So, you know, if they can do it with, with a guy like Bobby, they can, they can kind of do it with anybody. Bob, what do you think um, about the other tight ends in that room? Do you, you think this whole group comes back together? Or do you feel like you'll, you'll miss a piece? Well, Noah Fant, I mean, both Noah Fant and Kobe Parkinson can be free agents. So, um, you know, they'll have to, they'll have to re-sign them. It'd be interesting to see what kind of value they have out there. Uh, uh, you know, as I referred to a little bit in my story today, the, the general consensus is this isn't a super great draft for tight ends. So if you really want a tight end, you might have to go to the free agent market, which might help the, you know, might help the cases of the guys who are free agents. You generally see fans somewhere rated as among the third or fourth of the tight ends who, who can who can be free agents and could be available, um, you know, and that can always change if teams re-sign some of their own guys. So, um, you know, he might have a pretty he might have a healthier market out there than you might expect if you just sort of look at his numbers last year. I think there might you know there could be some people who would think that if we you know if we get him we can we can do a lot more with him. Obviously, the Seahawks though have a completely new coaching staff and new offensive staff now. So, you know, who knows what they might think about him? Uh, you know, what Ryan Grubb would think and and if they if they want to do things with him. And then Colby Parkinson, you know, I know he's always been a real favorite to John Schneider. It's not that he doesn't like all of his draft picks, but I always feel like every time John talks, he, he seems to mention Kobe Parkinson somehow. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, he, he had a pretty good season this year, and I, and I think that he's a guy that you, you, you could feel like you could really get a lot more out of going forward uh, you know, as he sort of hits his prime year. So, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if either guy is back, but it also wouldn't surprise me if either guy, you know, uh, finds a pretty good market out there and ends up signing elsewhere. Is there another name that you kind of got your eye on where you're like, I'm not entirely convinced that this guy won't be cut or maybe traded or at least have a restructure? Of the of the Seahawks? Of yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, yeah. there's there's a number. Um, yeah, I mean, Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, I know everybody's been talking about them for, for quite a while, but... Um, you know, neither of them has a, has any has any guaranteed salary for this year, um, and and really high high cap numbers. I 
I think the general assumption was when they when they did the restructure of Jamal last year and kind of pushed some more money forward, um, that that sort of meant he's going to be back because you know that's not the kind of thing you necessarily do if you're if you're looking to, to to get rid of a guy immediately. But you know who knows? Again, with with the you know I think with the coaching staff move they made, I, I feel like everything. I feel like a lot of things that happened in the past don't matter now because I think you know you got totally obviously you got a completely new coaching staff looking at it, and you've also got John totally in charge now and and, and you know, I think sometimes there were some of these things that, you know, who knows how, how influential Pete Carroll was on, on, on some of these things. So it will be really interesting to see what they do there. You know, another another real sneaky one, and obviously one of the favorite players of everybody in the history of the organization, but it's Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, he's got a, he's got an almost, he's got, he, yeah, he, he sneakily, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody kind of knew this, but he, you know, he hit some incentives that boosted both his base salary and his cap number uh-huh. for next year that you don't always see that, um, you know, depending on where you look, you don't necessarily see that accounted for. So, um, you know, he's got a cap number of, of uh, almost, I think about 28 of 27 million ish or whatever. Um, but he doesn't have any, he doesn't have any uh, guaranteed money either. And it's the last year of his deal. And, you know, he battled through some injuries really courageously last year, but you know, his numbers were all, were all down really from the last five years. Um, and, you know, at, at age 32, that, that can be the age where you start to, or he'll turn 30, 32 in September. So it's sort of his age 32 season next year. Um, you know, that's when a lot of these things can happen. So we'll see, but you know, that's, uh, that's another one where you could easily, you know, maybe go to Tyler and try to work something out and have that and, and uh, have that done a little bit differently. That was going to be my next question. I was looking at that receiver room and obviously Jason is a rookie and a rookie deal. You got DK and, uh, and you have Lockett. So you're, you would lean more towards Tyler Lockett being the odd man out if they were to make um, a move at that position. Is there any, you see anything happening on the offensive line? Yeah, well, I mean, you're not going to cut DK. I, you know, I, I know people, I, I know Mike Saul talked about trading him and all that, and, and who knows, maybe there'd be a market out there for him. That, there tend to, you know, there tend to be a, a lot of times an awful lot of receivers out there, and, uh, uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know how great the trade market would necessarily be despite how good of a player DK is just because just because of how, of how that can be. Uh, you know, the offensive line is, um, is certainly, um, there's certainly a, a few questions there. Um, you know, I think, you know, center is going to be a question Evan Brown, obviously was a free agent. Do they just ride with Olu or do they try to, do they try to add somebody to that? Um, you know, your tackles, at least, uh, you know, you, you appear to be really set there with those guys for a while. And I think at the other guard spot, um, you know, I think you could roll with, uh, with, uh, with Anthony Bradford there. And so the question then becomes Damian Lewis and what, and what do you do there? Um, and, and do you resign him? And, and, and again, I think, um, you know, with the, with the new coaches, I think they're they're really huddled probably for for ever since they got hired a week or so ago, and for the next couple of weeks. And I think that's what they're going to do, is is look at a lot of film of a lot of these guys and try to try to make those decisions before the free agency free agent period starts on March 11th. So, um, you know, I don't know. You know, a lot of times the Seahawks, you, you've seen some teams make some moves already. A lot of times the Seahawks sort of do that where they start making some moves around now. Um, but this might be a year when maybe it, it takes a little bit longer for them to do that as they sort of get with their new coaches and kind of look over this stuff uh, a lot more. 
Um, but, uh, you know, the, the best thing, obviously, about the line is that with those tackles and, and hopefully a blue kiss comes back healthy. I know he had a little procedure done after the season, which hopefully will, will solve his knee, his knee issue. I think that'll be a big thing. I think if they feel confident that Abe can do that, you've got your set, you know, you've got your tackles set and that's, that's as, as important as anything else. Um, you know, and then you do have and two guys they drafted last year that I think they're pretty high on in, in, in Olu and Anthony Bradford, you know, they could be your, your center and one of your guards going forward for a while as well. We're talking with Seattle Times Seahawks reporter Bob Condota right now, covering some salary cap stuff, some tough offseason decisions for the Seahawks before we get to some new coaches to talk about. But first, um, I admittedly, when I think about the salary cap and tough decisions, Bob, fall victim to the moment where I think, okay, how do you create more cap space for this year? Uh, this is actually about a retweet that you had. It's of Nick Court, who talks about salary cap stuff and and finances for the NFL. And he said that a misconception is that teams look at it the same way. He said that they try to plan out extensively that those cuts happen because they don't want to pay what's due next in terms of future salary and stuff. Is that a, a, a misconception that you think people commonly have when they think about some of these decisions the Seahawks will make? Sure. And it makes sense because I think if you're a fan, that's all you really care about, right? right? I mean, the cap number is sort of what, what puts together what, what the team is going to be. And so it's always fun to, fun to look at it that way and start trying to fit, you know, fit some new puzzle pieces in there or whatever. Um, but, th- but that's why it's re- it is really important a lot of times when you look at these to look at what the base salary is versus what the bonus is. And the salary is always what you can get out of the bonus you've already paid. So um, unless it's a bonus of something going forward, but if it's a signing bonus or something like that, you know, it's something that, that they've already paid out. So, they can't get that back, but the base salary you can. And so that's why it is important. These kind of, you know, how much uh, salary is guaranteed and, and things like that. And so, to, you know, why that was a big deal with Gino, you know, last week where, uh, you know, now that he's got that much of his salary guaranteed, he's going to get that money from either the Seahawks or if they were to trade him to someone else, but, the, but you can't get out of that now by cutting him. But, you know, if there's no guaranteed, uh, guaranteed salary, then you can. And so that's where you look at, you know, like Jamal Adams, I mean, 16.5 million, um, base salary guarantee, and none of that is guaranteed. So you could cut them today, and you don't have to pay any of that. But you've already paid them all this bonus money, and um, you know. And so that's where if sometimes it can come come down to, you know, if you've already paid them all this money, well, we want to make sure we get something out of that. But on the other hand, if you haven't, you know, you could. But that's you know, the base salary is what you could still get out of. So um, I do think some teams certainly can can look at that a lot more keenly. Uh, a lot of times in making these decisions than, than fans think, because you do, you know, and, and media as well. I think we all fall victim to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Just what does this mean today for the roster they're going to put together? And sometimes, that, you know, uh, ownerships and stuff like that can look a little bit at, well, this is a lot, this is a lot of money we don't have to pay. But I don't know if you have the answer to this, but um, what's the process like? I mean, do John and Mike sit down with the, the accountant of the Seahawks and kind of, figure out what they can or can't do or does Mike go to John with a plan like this is what I'd like to do do you have any idea what that process is like well I mean it's it's, it's pretty collaborative you know at the end of the day that's obviously John Schneider's job is to uh is 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 to run that I mean that's what general managers do is, is you know they're the ones is, um that ultimately he's the one who's the main guy responsible for that is, is, is putting together the salary salary cap and figuring out or or, or putting together the roster under the confines of both the salary cap, but also what the cash budget is from, from the organization itself. Um, you know, we never really know for sure what that is, but that can be, that can sometimes be a, a kind of a sneaky, sneaky thing there that we don't, uh, that, that we may not know about. And to go back a little bit, but how this sometimes can impact things is in 2014, they re-signed Michael Bennett 
I think it was Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill in late December to deals. And, and the timing seemed a little odd, but part of it was because they had traded Percy Harvin. They no longer had to pay him. And he had to, what was a pretty hefty base salary. They sort of had some money left over in their budget when they got to the end of December. So they decided to um, do some things contractually with, with uh, I'm pretty sure it was Michael and uh, Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill, if I recall. It might've been KJ Wright as well. They might've done something there, but they did, but they, but they did that kind of specifically because they suddenly had some money left over in their cash budget, which they hadn't expected to have. Um, so, but ultimately that's John Snyder's job to do that. But the Seahawks also have a guy named Matt Thomas, who's their salary cap expert. Um, and he's a pretty secretive guy. You know, he's not really even mentioned in, in any of their stuff online in terms of working for the team or anything, but, uh, but he's kind of their salary cap expert behind the scenes. And, and he's the guy who, um, you know, I, I think if, if, um, if the addition gets really complicated, I think he's the guy that John goes, goes to and says, you know, Hey, how can we fit this guy into whatever? And can you come up with some creative accounting here to make that? work um then every team has a guy like that you know has a salary cap expert who who does that um you know one thing is that the nfl has not officially released or released yet what the cap for next year is going to be everybody assumes it's going to go up about three or four million but there's been some conjecture it could go up a tiny bit more so um you know i think everybody's uh waiting a little bit to get that official word on how what the salary cap for next year will be and obviously they got to know soon because Mar- uh, march uh march 11th is uh um, you know, when, when the legal tampering period starts, they'll, they'll definitely know. I, I'm sure they'll probably know by uh, the end of this week before everybody goes to the combine when a lot of, when a lot of meetings between uh, organizations and agents really start to happen. Last one for me, Bob. Um, we have a lot of new coaches. Uh, by your count, it was up to 17. Are there any names that stand out, connections that stand out, maybe a theme in general with the coaching staff that you've noticed as you've been tracking these hires? Yeah, I mean, there, there definitely have been um, a lot of uh, – you know, almost every coach, it seems like it's had some sort of connection to someone else on the staff. And that makes sense. You know, you, you oftentimes do that where you, uh, um, you know, you, you hire someone who maybe already knows your system or knows how you coach or whatever is someone that you, that, you know, can really add something specifically to you. Um, you know, one of the interesting names yesterday was, was Zach Hill as the, uh, as an offensive, uh, um, assistant quality control slash quarterbacks coach is what it was reported his job's going to be. And he's one of the guys the Seahawks haven't announced yet, but a uh, former offensive coordinator at Arizona state and Boise state worked with Scott Huff at Boise state. So that was sort of the connection, but, um, but a guy who, um, you know, has, has, has some pretty significant offensive coordinating ex- ex- experience there. And, um, you know, so, uh, but all in college. So, um, that, that was sort of an interesting one. Um, and they hired, uh, you know, they hired a couple of defensive assistants yesterday as well, who also have, uh, have some connections either to Mike McDonald or to someone else or to, or to Leslie Frazier. Um, and the Leslie Frazier thing, I think is interest is to me is really, I think maybe it's a, it's easy to overlook a little bit, the potential impact that Leslie Frazier can have. I mean, you know, four years, essentially four years as a, as an NFL head coach, uh, an awful long time as a, as a defensive coordinator, um, you know, so when you, you can talk about sort of the experience, the inexperience of some of the other, uh, uh, of the other coordinators, but Leslie Frazier is a guy who has a ton of it. And so, you know, I think his, his ability to kind of oversee that and really be a, be a guiding force for, for people, I think was a really important part of this whole thing. And might've been something that, you know, when they were going through the interview process that John Snyder, um, might've had in mind a little bit as a guy that they thought they might be able to get to be able to do mm-hmm. something like that. If they had hired Mike, if they hired Mike McDonald. Why the Seahawks could part ways with Will Disley this offseason is how we kicked off this conversation. It's Bob's latest up on seattletimes.com right now. He is Seattle Times Seahawks reporter Bob Condota. Thanks so much, Bob. Okay, thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's get to four down territory. 
This is Four Down Territory, going inside, inside the, the game. game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. I don't mean to jump ahead, but I'm writing out some choices for a little tiny game we're going to play coming up in less than 15 minutes at 1.30. I'm very excited for it. You know what? When he said, I don't mean to jump ahead, but you're jumping ahead. Uh-huh. And then when, like, when people say, I don't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. but you're cutting them off. That is correct. Yeah. That's uh, weird things that humans do. You're going to like it. Yeah. You're going to like this game. There are going to be some tough decisions. Today's mm-hmm. theme is tough decisions, but these are going to be fun, tough decisions. Like okay. you'll like either outcome outcome. You just can't decide which one you'll love more. All right. All right. So it'll be fun. Let's I've got some it. Laker stuff in here for you too. Gracias. <laughs> First down. <laughs> Who's another player you like in the Mike McDonald transfer portal? The Mike McDonald transfer portal is open. You got Van Noy, who I pointed out what yesterday or the day before. You should go look at him. Obviously, you got Queen over there, free agent. Go look at him. Obviously, you got Matabuke, 13 and a half sacks for Baltimore. Look at him. I'm adding Geno Stone to the Mike McDonald transfer. For Portal. He signed a one-year deal with Baltimore last year. That is up. He's coming off his best year as a pro. 68 tackles, seven interceptions. He could be the replacement for Jamal Adams if you decide to move along from him again. If you can get one or two guys who wore purple last year to wear blue this year, I think that's a good move. You need mentors out there, guys who understand your defense. You understand, these guys are professionals. Quandre ain't going to struggle. If Jordan Brooks is here, he ain't going to struggle. I don't think Witherspoon is going to struggle, but there's nothing like having one of your guys out there to kind of take care of the little things that you um, not will overlook, but when you're on the field, um, guys can reference to. So, yeah, I'm looking at Geno Stone. He did have an interception against Geno Smith that game in Baltimore. So, yes, that's another guy in the Mike McDonald transfer. Geno on Geno. Geno, Geno crime. see it. Second down. There's an NFL rumor you've heard, but you don't agree with it. What is it? All right, first, let me apologize to that listener before I go I go through this because okay. they were offended that I, I mentioned Deshaun Watson. But it's my job. This is what I do. He plays football. I'm talking football. All right, uh, Nick Chubb, man, he might be a uh, salary cap casualty. He's due to make $11 million this year in dead cap. That would be $4 million. Now, Watson, when he's surrounded by a baller in the backfield, I think he can elevate his game, right? He's only had one 1,000 rusher in the backfield with him. Chubb has four consecutive seasons over 1,000 yards before his injury. I understand people look at that gruesome injury and say, I don't know if he can bounce back from that. He's already done it. He did it at Georgia. It was nasty. One of the worst injuries I've ever seen. If this young man is able to get back, I think you got to keep him. You look at what the Browns did with Joe Flacco this year. They have a number one receiver in Amari Cooper. You got um, <coughs> excuse me, Njoku over there at the tight end spot. This team is ready to make another playoff push, man. So I would keep them. I, I wouldn't get rid of them. I let them do his thing, show up and ball out. Third down. I almost said second down again. What's a reunion you would want to see? Yeah, I mean, I like when um, you know, the the, the squad gets back together. Of course. I got a group of like five friends. We see each other like twice a year, three times a year. I'm sure you back like it's old times yeah all of like, a sudden, it, it's like like nothing ever like we're still back in Pullman yeah. in 2005 Aww. we all get together man uh, so I love reunions and I would love to see Devontae Adams get back with Aaron Rodgers man Devontae's done nothing but ball over there in Las Vegas 1500 yards and 14 touchdowns in 2022 1100 yards and 8 touchdowns in 2023 but the Raiders haven't won a lot of games 8-8 in 2023 I'm anxious to see what Antonio Pierce does with his squad and 6-11 and in 2022 
2022. He's due to make 16 million in 2023. Um, the Jets have 7 million in cap space, but we all know how that goes. You can move things around. Um, I would just like to see it. Aaron Rodgers is on his. Uh, he's on the back nine. He's probably on the last like three or four holes yep. of his career. And why not get back with the guy who not elevated Aaron Rodgers because he's always been great, but I the mean, greatest yeah. receiver that we've seen with Aaron Rodgers. He, he brought back Randall Cobb. I mean, yeah. goodness gracious, he's older than Devontae. Why not do it again? Imagine Devontae over there with that defense, with Aaron Rodgers, with Garrett man. Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Do you think, are they contenders next yes. year? Now, going into this year, we thought they were contenders yes. with Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers healthy, they're contenders. So add Devontae to them. And goodness it's gracious. It's hard not to say it. And I know some people would go like, oh, you're buying into the hype. The big problem with that team from afar, I don't know it intricately enough, felt like the offensive line. Um, followed by that would be like maybe some coaching issues. You have the same staff, so right. you could have some lingering issues. But on paper, yeah, Aaron Rodgers back with Devontae Adams. Mm. Sign me up. Go get it. Yeah. Aaron, go get your boy. Go come back from your, your camping trip and go get him. <laughs> Down. <laughs> what position group can have the biggest impact on offense next year? Well, Bob just blessed us with his knowledge. Tight ends. Uncle Odyssey, will he be there? I like the idea of cutting him and then re-signing him to a smaller deal if there uh, if there isn't a market out there for him. I like the idea of bringing Kobe Parkinson back and Noah Fant. Um, they are the most versatile players on the offense. They can block. Uh, they catch the football. And we've seen the, the 14s that were left standing in the NFC and AFC last year all had dope tight ends. You need to get a tight end group ready to go. I look at the way Grubb uses tight ends over there with the Huskies. The numbers aren't going to wow you, but just the scheme, the way they use them in the blocking game and in the pass game. It was fun to watch. So go ahead and secure that tight end room and make some things happen. You're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. It is a classic radio style segment. You have to pick between, um, it's not the lesser of two evils. It's it's a really tough decision. Um, now, some of these aren't real decisions you have to make, but the point is we're going to find the one that we like most. So it's a little bit of this or that. We're going to start with a controversial take from Dave Wyman, kicking us off with some Seahawks stuff, but I've got baseball stuff, Mariner stuff, food things, all kinds of things that's coming your way next. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. Gonna have a couple bouts here, a couple rounds, uh, a good old fashioned showdown between uh, some tough decisions. So I'm gonna start with a take that is inspired by a take Dave Wyman had. Yesterday, Dave Wyman said that he would rather have Jordan Brooks signed back than Leonard Williams. And I thought, <gasps> Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a take and a half. That is what sports radio is for. Linebacker love. Of course a linebacker is going to defend a linebacker. But in his case, you know, Len Williams is going to be expensive. Jordan Brooks is a great fit for what uh, McDonald wants to do here. Like, you can see the argument. I see it. I see it. Now, you are going to make your choice. Mm. Round one. Don't make me do it. Make me do it. It's going to be Leonard Williams against Jordan Brooks. Who are you taking? That's messed up. I know. You know why it's messed up, folks? I'm going to give you insight. We're prepping for the show. Curtis isn't here, but, uh, you know, he, he's here on on, um, on the phone. And they go, hey, Bump, you want to make that one of your four downs and discuss it? I go, no, nah, I don't want to do it. Oh, I forgot that. So now they're making me do it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to, you know, they, they both benefit the team so much, man. There's nothing like stopping that run, right? You get big Leonard in the backfield doing what he does. There's nothing like having a linebacker who can fly all across the field. I'm going to go with... 
gosh, this is messed up. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. You know what? Me and Dave. Oh, my God. I was same squad. Say Jordan Brooks. Yep. I am Jordan it. Brooks. I'm Here Jordan I was. Making, I won't make you do it alone. Here I was, you know, making fun of Dave Wyman for no reason other than we all make fun of each other for everything. Uh, and then as I was thinking about it, I'm like, I was looking at the money that we're spending, uh, you know, Andre Jones, thinking like, God, to have 18 million per on both of these linemen. I get it. Like, that isn't weird when you've got two great linemen. But it makes me a little bit nervous. I feel like a a linebacker like Jordan Brooks is harder to find. Yeah. I think that I'm not saying like defensive linemen grow on trees. No, it's hard to find um, dominance anywhere. But there's a rotation that happens on that defensive line. A guy like Jordan Brooks is going to be on the field every single snap. So he's a bit more viable to me. From the 253, how about sign Williams, let Brooks go, and bring in Patrick Queen? That's going to be about $18 million per. Yeah. <laughs> That's Can you pricey. afford that? Uh, next round, we are looking at the Mariners. You get to pick a career year for one of these guys. Who do you think could impact the Mariners most, Mitch or Ty? Mm. Now, Mitch has more pop on his bat. Ty is the catalyst. He keeps things moving when he's playing like the young man that we know and love. So I'm going to go with Ty because he can spray the ball all across the diamond. I think Mitch um, can have himself a good year, too. He's been an all-star, so has Ty. But I'm going to go with the guy that uh, can just, uh, you know, what's that movie? Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. <laughs> I love you, man. I love slapping you, Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass, man. That's Ty France. going to be slapping the ball all over the diamond. I love Ty as an answer because you're trying to think of contact versus just power. Mm-hmm. To mix it up, I'll choose Mitch because he has more home run potential. You want to go first the next one since we're seem like we're on the no, same page? No, it's important that you go first for this one. <laughs> okay. Next round, I'm going to uh, basketball. Wazoo. Number 21 in the country, Respect men's hoops, it. taking on number four Arizona tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Your choice is your Cougs win over the Wildcats tomorrow Goodness. or your Lakers beat the Warriors tomorrow. Oh, it's Cougs all day. It's Cougs <laughs> all day. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love my, my Lakers, but uh, t- this ain't the year. This is ain't the year. Sure. But for the Cougs, get to the tourney. Last year in the Pac-12, let's go. What if I said Wazoo beats Arizona tomorrow or the Seahawks get a win in their first matchup against the 49ers. Oh, damn. That's more fun for me. That, that is. already is more fun for me, that, that reaction. Is. You know what? I'm going to say the Seahawks get that win because my Cougs have already beaten the Wildcats. They can lose this game and win out the next four or five games and be fine. So I'll go with the Seahawks. But think of how great it'll be. If they beat the Wildcats, do you think that's why Curtis great. isn't here? It's he's exactly going to pretend to be sick so Spaking that he can, <coughs> so that if his Wildcats aren't here, he can be like, "So sorry, I wasn't there to congratulate you, Bump." He doesn't want to see me in my uh, in my Wazoo fit talking that. It. Exactly. <laughs> Next round, you have to uh, choose one of these. Now I'm going to step away from sports. I'm going to wrap up with a sports one though, if we have time. Um, you can. You have to uh, cut one, keep one. Mm-hmm. Pizza, in the other corner, steak. Ooh wee! See, here's the thing about pizza. My family loves pizza. My son, my middle son, Kobe, he will eat pizza every single day if you allow it. And when mom is away, guess who allows him to eat pizza every day? Dad. 
Dan. All right, we gotta we gotta go be active and run it off. But you can go ahead, yeah, you know, two days sure. in a row, we good. But steak is reserved for the adults. Steak is me and wifey going to ascend and having that bomb steak. Another side note about ascend: I get nervous at first when I'm up there because they're up so high. I get a little nervous. It takes I gotta adjust a little bit. All right, but I'm gonna get rid of steak because I'm a team player and my family loves pizza. I, that is a great answer and reasoning for it but also pizza i think i would genuinely if i could not have one forever again Mm -hmm. i would not want to cut out pizza in fact i saw someone put out a thing that had like fries chips um candy cake burgers pizza soda and it said okay you have to cut out too and michael jr retweeted retweeted it and said buy chips and i was like on what planet? <laughs> On what planet you get rid are you of two? choosing? I get rid of cake gone. Yeah, cake is gone. Cake is dry fries, and though, boring. Fries are fries are staying. Most beautiful thing in the world. Truly precious. Yes. Um. Yeah. Cake isn't even. Why are we keeping cake? Cake isn't even yeah. a top three dessert. Whose birthday is it? Exactly. No. You aren't even excited for it. Oh, you got cake. Cool. Okay. If I guess you're my I'll wife, I got to get her gluten free cake. That's no fun. It's dry. It's boring. It's like I'll eat it if it's in front of me. Probably several slices, but. <laughs> There are so many other desserts I'd rather have. I cannot believe there's a world where someone would choose cake over chips and fries. For sure. I was disgusted. Yeah. All right, moving on. (laughs) This round, you can choose a talent to have, okay? Mm, mm. Sing Mm -hmm. or dance. And I mean, you are really good. Like, you are, people want to hire you in the entertainment industry. You know when... uh before you go to sleep, sometimes I get I get caught up in the the scroll matrix, right? And sure. I just scroll and scroll and scroll. And the things that catch my attention the most, or the thing, a good dance video, I'm all over it. I'm watching this. Ah, 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 hit it, hit it, hit it. But like I told my son, my son, I, I told him, look, you gotta learn to play the piano because ladies love a dude who can play who can play the piano. I saw my dude Kellen Shimizu pull so many females at 2 a.m. after a long day not at the bar by playing the piano. So hey. it's a talent. Same thing with singing. If you can sing, sing. Yeah. What? So I gotta go with sing. I'm, not just sing though, sing. It's sang, and it's not <laughs> even close. Dancing is very cool. I love watching. Um, you know, like dance videos and choreography videos, and it's always really impressive. But like when you can really sing, and I don't mean just someone who can like, oh, look, you're pretty impressive at karaoke, but like really sing, Mm -hmm. that is super cool. And what's crazy is there are people that can, that are amazing singers that obviously don't make it big and don't become famous Mm -hmm. and don't get professional training or whatever, and they're just randomly out there. It doesn't guarantee you have a career, but I just think it's such a a cool thing to be able to do. It's also, I'm horrible at it. It's great. Yeah. What What other animal can sing? Like humans can sing, but like, <laughs> is there anything else that can sing in the world? Is it birds or do they do they sing? Birds sing. Whales. Whales sing. Whales yeah. sing to each other. Yeah, Maybe dolphins. Do. Okay. Um, I feel like uh, I, I don't know. We'll we'll discuss during the break. Okay. Next cool. one, it's a sports one. It's our last round, and this is the haterade round. Uh, it's it's purely uh, based on hate. The team you'd hate to see win a World Series more. The like, team I'd hate. Ready? The Astros. Well, wait a minute. Let me give you your choice. Oh, okay. The Astros are one of them. All right. On the other end of the ring, the Yankees. Yeah, that, that's tough. But, <laughs> you know, it's still the Astros. I really? hate seeing them win. They're in the same division. They cheat. They've had so much success. They've been balling more than the Yankees the past, what, 10 years? Yeah, I got to go. I got to go Astros all day. I can, I can handle a Yankee win or two every wow. now and then. I mean, by virtue of them having... 
27, which is wildly annoying. It's like, all right, well, their fans are already obnoxious. Yeah, 27 and 15 of those in the 30s. The Astros just get worse and worse yeah. and worse. Oh, it just doesn't feel right to not say Yankees. But mo- yeah, I feel you. I it's know. modern times, though, man. Exactly. Astros run this right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Adult me. Young me would say Yankees Young me would for say sure. Yankees wouldn't for I wouldn't sure. think twice about it. Yeah. I'd be like, who are the Astros? Adult me, Astros. You know I owned a Yankees cap once? What's wrong with you? Exactly. Someone didn't stop me. Jay-Z <laughs> was my favorite friend? rapper at the time. <laughs> you were like, like, I got to hey, do it. let's do it. And then I put the hat on for like a week and I go, this don't feel right. You're like me buying graphic tees and sweatshirts from different places. Like I'm wearing one that's Lake Michigan. Uh-huh. I have one that's Lake Tahoe, and so someone said something like, "Oh, I've been to Ta- Lake Tahoe. It's beautiful." And I said, "Right." <laughs> no. Ain't been nowhere near the, the, a lake I, named Tahoe. Not or- in my life. Not in my life. I was like, "This is just a graphic tee I got from a website, Lake Tahoe." Like, oh, me and my family summer there. Absolutely. Poser. Right. As though, as though I just I didn't have to. I could have not said anything. I could have not said anything, and I chose to say something, and that was my biggest mistake. This one's being included. It's fine. I know. What I need to know coming your way next. Get your questions in. Any question, 866-979-3776. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. It's what I need to know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Get your questions in any question. Now to the Mac and Jack's text line. Text it. 866-979-3776. This is a two-parter, two unrelated questions, but they're from the same person. Um, first, for the uninformed football fan, please explain the salary cap and how it affects the team's budget. 45 seconds or less, and explain in layman's terms, please. Salary cap is the amount that a team could spend on their roster. Coaches do not count towards the salary. They pay them whatever you want, but you get $248 million, uh, what, a couple years ago, or maybe last year as your salary cap. You cannot exceed that when it comes to contracts. Right, and every single team has the same. And think of the salary cap in a way as being stretched over a couple years because that's kind of how capologists think about it. So... There are guys that they'll like sign a uh, three-year, $80 million deal, but try to backload a lot of it so that you're always kind of moving it down the road. Um, Yeah, I feel like that was a good explanation. It didn't need me, but I wanted to be included. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Second part, is it petty of me, same person, is it petty of me to expect that my Jeep is returned to me after letting a neighbor use it with as much fuel or more than when it left my driveway. No, it, it's not petty of you. If I used to borrow my uh, father-in-law's truck all the time, and you got to fill that thing up. I don't care if I got it with a quarter tank of gas in it. You let me use it, I'm going to fill it all the way up. Oh, that's very classy. I do not. <laughs> See, my mine would be treated like a rental. At no point should I return it with less fuel than it had. But if I borrow it and it's got a quarter tank, I'll I'll naturally fill it up like while I borrow it, and mm-hmm. then as long as it's like around a half, like I, I'll do like the quarter tank measure. Okay. Like a quarter tank more, I think is very appropriate because it makes it clear that you filled up. But like, you know. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, and also some people, you know, if I borrow your Jeep. That's a that's an expensive ride to fuel. I got a little Chevy, you know. This I'm living in d- See, different worlds yeah, right now. Yeah, that's like a heating bill for a mansion versus a little car. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, you spend how much on gas? That's insane. Uh, let's see. What I need to know: uh, <laughs> how you all greet friends. 
I've been steady for a while now on the quick modified what's up handshake followed by a one arm hug move. But I fear that getting into my 40s, I'm going to have to lose the cool guy handshake. Is there an age limit on cool handshakes? That is such a great question. <laughs> no. It, it, you are, your handshakes, your greetings are like your clothing. At some point, it is what it is. You are going to dress this way for the rest of your life. You're going to handshake this way the rest of your life. How do I greet my friends? With an insult and a dap up. Yeah. Someone said, Stacy, that's so petty. You got It's not petty. It's just in my mind, the rule is it's a different bar. Well, the you're rule a girl is, too, though. It's different. For yeah, y'all. maybe. I don't know. The rule in my mind is never return something worse than how it was when you borrowed it. So, like, if I borrow your car, I would never return it with less fuel than when I borrowed it. Uh, but, like, I probably, I don't know that if I borrowed it to drive somewhere, I would think to fill it all the Stacey, way up. Stay classy, right? I'm just Shut saying. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm answering <laughs> honestly, okay? I'm not going to edit this, but I need to know. <laughs> Should the Kooks Championship Victory Parade be in Pullman, Spokane, or both? Both. Spokompton. I'm saying Division and Francis are some bumpy streets, so I don't know if that's a good uh, parade environment. Um, especially if you've been to downtown, a little sketchy in Spokane sometimes. Yeah. But uh, no, I think you got to do both. I mean, you go you to Spokompton, and then you take that thing, you finish it in Pullman. The... <laughs> the- uh, if it needs to go back, filled up fuel and keep cleaner than when you got. Okay, God, I don't. I've never <laughs> borrowed a friend's car. I don't know why all y'all are like borrowing people's hey, Jeeps all the we're time. We're just trying to put you on game, so I when you guess. do, you know how to handle that. Yeah, I've never had to borrow anyone's car or truck for anything. So, yeah, I'm just going by by rental car <laughs> rules. I don't know. I don't know what you guys. I do. like the Tri Cities uh, pick too for the parade. There's a lot oh, of Kugla and Tri Cities. Uh, what I need to know: What's the worst you've ever felt when you were an athlete doing conditioning drills? Oh, I'll never forget it. Um, it's when I realized I had sports-induced asthma. I was oh. uh, I was running gassers in at in Wazoo. Uh, your summer test is 18 gassers with 30 second rest in between. That's you run to the sideline and back, and we have to do it in like 17 seconds, I want to say. And uh, man, it felt like my chest was on fire. I couldn't breathe. And then they told me I had sports induced asthma. Wow. Um, I can't relate. I haven't competed that hard. I've done tough workouts, but I haven't done conditioning workouts since high school when I was a swimmer. And I don't count high school sports for anything. NFL conditioning test is a joke. It's oh what? It was easy as heck. Really harder, yeah. uh, easier than college. Yeah, way easier. Yeah. Uh, let's. Someone said swimming, uh, ten by two hundred on the two thirty. Puked in the gutter. Goodness Ooh. gracious. God. Uh, what I need to know: Who's a better dunker? Oh, I just lost it. Uh, Blake Griffin or Vince Carter? Are you serious? <laughs> the goat, Vince Carter, the greatest dunker of all time. Better stand-up comedian. Blake oh, it's Blake Griffin. Show. <laughs> He's actually pretty good. He is. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite Disney? What's the best Disney movie? Mmm. Best Disney movie. Man, the Toy Stories are fire. Is that Disney? That's Disney, right? Is that, I think uh, that's Pixar. That's Pixar, Is huh? Disney Pixar? Matt, help us. It's basically the same thing. Okay. Days. They are. Right. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go with Toy Story. Because remember when that came out? It was like, oh, my God, computer animation. This is wow. So revolutionary. Yeah, I'm going Toy Story. Uh, best Disney movie. I was obsessed with The Little Mermaid when I was little. That's not what I would choose now. Um, you know, I, I love an independent woman doing it on her own. <laughs> uh, you know, man. <laughs> she don't need no man. I mean, sure, she gives up her voice. <laughs> so horrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do love the, the Pixar thing. Like, uh, Toy Story is such a brilliant answer. It's such a clever movie. Um, 
Is Up different? Up is Pixar, and I think at that time they were Disney. So I'm counting it. It's cute. You know what I do like? I don't know if it's Disney or not, but the, the sing, with the animals singing and stuff. Sing one and two. Have you seen that? Banger. Go ahead and check it out. You're sing, welcome. Sing one. Thank me later. What? Sing. It's, it's what we call sing. sing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. DreamWorks. Yeah. Get it out of here. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm, belong I'm, just, you know I'm just throwing something out there. Oh, uh, man. What I need to know, how many people block Stacy because she returned their car with less than a full tank of gas? <laughs> I have never borrowed anyone's car. I was going by rental rules, okay? Rental rules, you got to fill it up. They ask if you want to fill it up or do you want to pay for them to fill it up? No, the rental. I just rented a car because I had for to get my car. For the first time? For the second time, yeah, I just rented a car, and it, the rule was you have to return it with the same amount of gas that it had. So that's well, it, the rule that I'm going by. You didn't have full a full tank when you rented the car? No. What kind of janky rental tank. spot are you going to? I don't know. Somewhere in SeaTac? <laughs> first of all, how dare you? We're we're on the come up. Okay, we have a Wendy's. We don't. We don't have a Wendy's. Taco Bell's we have a Taco though. Bell. We have a Jack yeah. in the Box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got a Master Park. We've got all kinds of things in SeaTac. You're doing it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll just, I'm just going to wrap this up. We've now just got people uh, sending in uh, a lot of Disney movies, all of which are great choices. Moana. Uh, all right, you guys, that will do it for us today. For Michael Bumpus, I'm Stacey Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.